I mean, technically the draft isn't over, and even technically the Ravens haven't made their final pick just yet, but for all intents and purposes, it's about done. It's the Project Game Day NFL Draft Recap Show. I'm Glenn Clark. He is Ken Zalis. We have much to discuss over the next, I don't know, hour and a half or so as we put the finishing touches on the NFL Draft. KZ? Sir? I got a message from my buddy Tim and Bel Air earlier. He said he didn't know we weren't starting until 4. He said, is KZ losing his mind? And I couldn't figure out which pick he, you would be losing your mind about. I I think for the most part, I got the sense that you were pretty good I, with what the Ravens did. So I, I, I am. I have... I have a role. I've always had a role with drafts. Okay. I don't like when you take punters and kickers and draft. I don't much care for it either. So I joked, and it's not really a joke. It's just my way because I've done this with other teams, so I have to do it for the home team as well. I don't care what else you've done in the NFL draft. Mm -hmm. If at any point – you draft a kicker or a punter, your overall grade's an F. The last time I drafted a punter, it turned out pretty good. It did. I, I, I just, the Ravens do many things really well. Yes. One of them is it's, kickers and punters <laughs> as I draft a Believe it or not, they have a good coach, too. I know. Um, be that as it may. Um, um, <laughs> but I, it was just it, – it was a little tongue-in-cheek. I wasn't losing my mind over it because, look, we all – pretend that we're these scout people and we, we know what's going on and and i do a lot of research i do not scout kickers and punters so i know zero mm -hmm. about jordan stout except that he's either the number one or number two punter available in the draft according to like four publications that i looked up sure some have the kid uh from what uh, san diego state san diego state ariaza ariaza Reza, whatever his name is whatever his name is some people had him as number two. He went to. He was the third. He was the third overall kicker taken in this year's draft. So I wasn't losing my mind. Um, you know, they took two corners. It fits a need. I, I would have preferred some other corners, but they had the Ravens have the types type of corners that they like. All right. So so let's just recap for those sure. that that have not been paying full attention today. Yes. The Ravens did indeed make all six of their fourth round picks, and I've got some thoughts on that. When we get when we get to the portion where we discuss this, we'll we'll right now it's just facts. The facts are here are the picks they made. With the 110th pick, they selected Minnesota offensive tackle tackle Daniel Falele. With the 119th pick, they selected Alabama cornerback Jalen Armour Davis. With the 128th pick, Iowa State tight end Charlie Kolar. With the 130th pick, the aforementioned Penn State punter Jordan Stout. By the way, since you don't know that much about him, we're going to let our buddy Kyle Andrews, who, who of course, know a lot about was here in Baltimore for a very long time and now is with the Center Daily Times covering Penn State, so he'll tell us more about him later on this hour. And then with the 139th pick, they took Isaiah Likely, Coastal Carolina tight end. And with the 141st pick, they took Houston cornerback Demarion Williams. They do still have one more pick uh, that they are currently holding in this draft, the 196th pick, and we are about eight seven, picks away yeah, from that. So uh, we'll react to that when they make it, and I, I assume that'll be that, although they could definitely trade back. Who knows? God, uh, I I. I, I. Look, I was stunned. We, you, you kind of mentioned, I was stunned they took all six guys. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to go a step beyond that, but you go ahead and finish your thought. Um, 
I thought at some point you would trade up to make sure you you got the guy you wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, I even no, Ken, they're of course going to say they got all the guys. Of they course, wanted. of course. Yes. I mean, I mean, of course they are. Mm-hmm. Just like somebody said that that uh, DaCosta said, we're going to try to like, something to the allies. We're going to try to nail every pick. Well, no, duh. No. Try to do that with every pick. That's, Thank a, that's you. a nice change of pace. <laughs> it's a way to go. All we're right. not going to throw away this any year. <laughs> so I I was actually a fan of them coming back into the third round last night um, to package some sort of these two to make sure they got mm-hmm. whoever was on their board. They didn't do it. I I didn't have a problem with what they did. Um, I, I like four of the six a lot uh, that they took. Um, I'm discounting the punter altogether. I know nothing about him. He could be an all-pro punter sure. and all work out. Sure. Um, wasn't. Wasn't a fan of the, of the of the Houston cornerback because of other guys that were on the board, but he fits their profile of what they look look for in corners. Team captain, aggressive, um, likes to tackle. It 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 fits their mold, and mm-hmm. I've probably learned over the years because there were two corners that I really didn't like that they picked, and I trashed them and. They've turned out. They turned out to be pretty good. Tavon Young's turned out pretty good. Decent. We we we. The when, Stevens went healthy anyway. Went healthy. Yes. Went healthy. Yes. I mean, look. I mean, he was better in his rookie year than I ever yep. imagined yep. he was going to be. And and Brandon Stevens. He's who, a piece. He's certainly. I mean, he's a piece. And and you know, uh, they took him, and I didn't think he had the. I didn't know if he was a corner or a safety, and they knew what to do with him. And God bless. That's why they get paid millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars. Sure. Whatever they make to make those decisions. Hey, but you got pizza the other night. So. I got pizza. Yeah. So. Right. Um, very similar. But, but you know, it was funny. I mean, after the first five picks, especially after the Philele, is that how we're saying it? I, I oh, sure. I was I. That was what you said the other day. Uh, oh was, my God, I can't believe I trusted you. Oh my, God. I don't know. That's as close wrong with me. I, until somebody says it, I, I, I'm going to uh. go with Philele. Um, after the first five picks, it's like. You had nothing to complain about in oh this draft. Oh, my God. I've been saying that name for the last couple of days because I listened to you. I, I And I know better. You do know You better. don't know how to pronounce anything. Nothing. But when we did our draft draft the other day, and I <clears throat> by the way, you, you all, you, you, y'all better start bending that knee. Y'all better start bending that damn lead. You were very impressed, but I don't, have, I don't have to do anything Effing right now. bludgeoning and ass-kicking I handed down to you I, boys I don't in have draft to do draft. anything right now. Not at the moment. You better, you're sweating uh, out this last pick. I, I am. I am. Because the, the Justin Ross thing is, is, is upsetting. Ooh, you're sweating out this yeah, last I'm pick. Sweating you're sweating it out. I have some people on the board still. Oh yeah, you could. Oh, I, you could I, end up getting I, two, get and it doesn't really matter. But All that matters is that he doesn't that, get one. That, yeah, so yeah, buddy Paul Valley get doesn't get one. Yeah, um, but I, I, I really liked everything they did in this draft. It, the the four, you know, the four sixth round picks, uh, uh, all these guys are going to make the team. I I assume. Well, that's what we need to talk about, yeah. Casey, because that's where I have a strong. This is. It's not just that I'm stunned they took all six fourth round picks. It's that I think this is a heinous draft strategy to have ever had six fourth round picks. I am I absolutely it's it's not about to me whether or not all six make the team mm-hmm. because you can do some clever arithmetic in order to make it so that all six make the team. Mm-hmm. You can do bits where somebody's not really hurt, but you say they're hurt in order to protect their spot on the roster. You can have somebody on the team that's not really an impact player in any sort of way, but you put them on the team. The idea that there are six fourth round six fourth round picks, and I am with all due respect. 
I don't care how much hubris you feel about your draft strategy. And I think the Ravens, for the most part, have selected very good players in this NFL draft. For the most part, just the players alone, I feel good about what the Ravens have done. But the hubris of believing that you're going to have six fourth-round picks that are going to be impactful players in the National Football League is something I cannot fathom. I cannot fathom a point at which you think you're going to do that. Now, it might very well be that they damn well know that, and they didn't have a choice. It's just the way things fell for them. They tried to make some moves. It was impossible for them to do it. And they might just have that amount of hubris. It might very well be that in their minds, they believe they found six truly high-level NFL players. But the idea that there are six guys that are going to be impact players that all came out of the fourth round. It, come on. It's so, a joke. So, so I'm going to I'm going to push back a little bit and 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 you know it's very rare that I've I've as as I've been saying to people a lot. I mean, people are making me defend the Ravens a lot more than I'm, you know, kind of my reputation precedes me to mm. defend the Ravens. Mm. But um maybe they tried all those things, but you know when I look at who they took, I'm going to be I'm going to be stunned that they all don't make the team number one. Again, and two, and two, I'm going to push back on your impact player in the fourth round type thing mm-hmm. because I think, at least for me, in the first three rounds, I want I want those impact players. Mm-hmm. I want the first three rounds but the, have got to be. Wait a again, minute, wait no, wait, wait, because I know what you're going to say. We're playing chess now, man. No, no, we're playing chess. No, we're not playing chess. No, you and I are. Well, we're not. Yes, right? because, we are. Because I think we're pretty close here. It's just the impact part of it. The first three rounds, I want, I want yes. to take guys that are starters. I agree with team. you. And somebody would argue, well, then why did they take Ojabo? Well, because he was going to be a top 15 yeah, pick in the draft. Because they believe he's going to be, be an impact player. I mean, they have I mean, every reason to believe that. I don't know about everybody in the world, yeah. but I liked him better than Hutchinson before he got hurt. Like, as what the Ravens needed around the yeah, edge, I, I, I just, right, again, I right. like that football player. I, I, I like him, too. Okay? Um, so, I'm not, I'm not. Uh, we could come with semantics. In the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round, I want those guys that may turn into impact players, but guys that will give me depth on my roster. The teams that draft the best in the fourth, fifth, and sixth, I'm going to throw out the seventh round, are the teams that are always perennial playoff teams because they have that depth. What? And mm-hmm. the Ravens, for as as hurt as they were, the only reason they were even close to making the playoffs in the last three weeks of the season is because they have drafted relatively well in those rounds. Mm. Relatively. Mm. Well, we can argue about that. And they had some depth. Yeah, I'm not going to give you that. Well, I, I mean, I, we, we I, go back to the look, last time. Like it was mirrors. I, I, again, we, we go back it. to the last time they had this many fourth-round well, picks. That, 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 that was the greatest fourth-round I, I understand that. But it's critical to consider these things when we discuss this conversation. Uh, uh, can I have very limited – when I say impact, I'm not even talking about, like, legitimate players. I'm saying if you find Anthony A in the fourth round. I'm good with that, mm-hmm. right? But I don't need six Anthony Averitts right now. This team does not need six Anthony Averitts. That's not what they're looking for. So you would have been so so. You're kind of with me with that. You would have liked them to package some of them and come up yesterday. Uh, yes. Okay. I, 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 and we're in total agreement about this. That. Is the problem? It's a, the idea that you've got six players. If they if two of these guys are impactful. My God, it's 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 a home run yes. based on what you should expect out of the fourth round. That's yes. why I would never in the world be in a scenario where I think it's a good thing to have six fourth-round picks. 
I it I think it's 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 comical to have six fourth round picks. Now, does that mean that I wouldn't have made the Tyler Linderbaum? When like when you know the Linderbaum's your guy and all you can do is get another second round pick. This is just this is your only option. Fine, or sorry, another fourth round pick. Fine, you take that because you got no other choice. But this doesn't work for me. In theory, in theory, the idea that a team is going to have six fourth round picks in one draft that, again, are either going to be fuzzy math forced onto the roster, whatever it is that you want to call it in order to make it happen has been a joke. And I can't but I kept saying to myself, there's just no way there's got to be something else going on here because this team is not six Anthony Averitts away. They're a couple of real players away. They're not six marginal guys away. And by the way, not all of these six of these guys are going to turn out to even be Anthony Averett. Let's make that abundantly clear. The likelihood that you're finding six guys that are even going to be that helpful. And the last time we talked about the sheer number, you found two, right? You found Alex Lewis for a short amount of time. Short amount. And time. you found Tavon Young, who was a, a decent football decent player. Decent football player. That's what you found out of five. You're not finding six Anthony Averitts in the fourth but round of the you, NFL draft. But if you, if you hit on three of the six... Hit, again, to, to the okay, term of under, maybe one of them's a real football player. Maybe it, Look, it to me on paper, again, I, I hate to throw in the punter, but the punter's probably going to be your starting punter. It appears that way. It appears that way. I, I mean, there's, no, there's, there's no reason absolutely to zero up. reason to do it right, otherwise. Right. It's a wasted okay. fourth-round pick. Okay. Uh, Fillelli, I, I look, I had a third-round you know, grade, maybe even a high, you know, a low second-round grade on him. I think that's a piece that you needed to fill. You needed that extra tackle on your on your team. And then I I'm a huge Charlie Kolar fan. I, I Ravens fans are gonna love this kid. He's Dennis Pitta two inches taller. I, I'm just he just is. Um Isaiah likely again, a top ten uh tight end in this year's draft. We could question the double tight end dip at some point, but it's a team that uses a lot of tight ends, uses a lot of running backs. You, you know, I, I, I'm not going to argue that. The the cornerbacks, we'll see. They fit their profile, team captains, and all that stuff. Look, guys I, that they like. I, I just, I think if you hit three out of six, is it really a bad strategy to have that many picks? We accept that you could have used the other three. You could have in order to have done something. Like in order to have gotten, maybe, a, they could have tried. Right, and that's the point. I, they might have tried. They might have. They might very well have said, we did everything in our power to try to not have six fourth-round picks. But by the time we got there, there was just nothing we could do. Nobody wanted to, to give us a third-round pick. Nobody wanted it. They, they, we were stuck with this. This is what we had to do. It, has ne- it makes zero sense to me. The, the, I, I, look, again, you want to you say, hey, I, I think that the picks are pretty decent picks. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I'm not going to tell you that I think they're miserable picks, but I've seen enough of fourth round picks over the years. No, it doesn't work this way. But could you have gone up? Could you have gone up and say taken one ten and one thirty? Yes. Was there another team that had one fourth round right, pick right. that might have liked having three fourth round? I, I don't. And again, I don't. We don't know. know. We don't I know. don't know. And that's the difficult part of this. I'm not knocking them for it. I'm saying it's it's an absurdity absurdity to me the thought that you're going to have six fourth round picks on the bright that are, that are all going to work out on the bright side maybe two of them become comp picks in a couple of years maybe I mean maybe it could work out that way That's what they uh, like to on do. the whole and Ken this is the question that I'm posing to everybody we already got some responses we'll get to um, the the question by the way the the Project Game Day Draft Special is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel it's the best place to be for the NBA playoffs. 
couple of huge fights coming up in May. UFC 274 and Baltimore's own Javante Tank Davis in action again. You're going to want to be there for fight night, so reserve your spot in the FanDuel Sportsbook by emailing events at sportssocialmd.com. Ken, the question to me is, ultimately, measuring what they did, Mm -hmm. which I think, for the most part, we like, as far as the picks that matter are concerned. I'm okay, like, I'm... I'm having a take for the sake of having a take about the fourth round, but it's I don't really have a take about the players because I'm not going to pretend like this right. draft is going to be judged by the fourth rounders. Right. The four players that mattered that they took in the first three rounds, because I do agree with you the line of demarcation being the first three rounds. I think most of us are good with the players that they took, but the reality of the situation they find themselves in after taking those four players is that there are still some pretty significant holes that went completely addressed, unaddressed for this year's team. How do you measure what they did versus where they are? Um, by the way, Ravens are on the clock. Uh-huh. Oh, this uh, is going to be the one. This will be the... This is the most important pick well, in this you. draft. For you, yeah. In <laughs> this draft, it there has never, actually, ever been... <laughs> you know what? You're not wrong. For you, this a is a very important, important pick no doubt. than what the Ravens are about to do. So... Here's where I always look at the Ravens. At uh, and and I take it at 14, they were going to take the best player available on their board, regardless of position, outside of quarterback. Mm-hmm. Kyle Hamilton was that guy, no question for me. But I'm not those, even trying to but, judge but, but the picks. Hang on, but, hang on. I'm Ken. not trying to judge the picks, right. but but I'm building up to that. I think the problem for me is that my biggest hole coming into this year's draft were edge and cornerback. Mm-hmm. Yes, they addressed edge, but they addressed him with a guy that I really like. I think he's going to be a fine football player. I don't know when he plays. Is it September? Is it October? Is it not this year at all? I don't know. Mm-hmm. And they did because of that, and and we talked about this before, I look at the draft and things like this. Is like tomorrow, if they had to play a football game, did they get better? At edge, they did not because they still have a massive hole on the other side. Because Inarguable. We don't know what Bowser, how, how quickly he's going to be back. Yep. We we know Ajabo's not going to be there. Ferguson's on the team. He hasn't shown anything at all um, yet. So that's a massive hole. Then the cornerback, which they addressed by grabbing two guys in the fourth round. I don't know if either one of them can come and start a football game for the Baltimore Ravens tomorrow and you had and and you still have sort of a need. I mean, I I I think if tomorrow you 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 needed to start, you know, three safeties and one of them cover the tight end or the slot guy, you could get away with it. Brandon Stevens looks like a nice player and he could do that. Your two corners who were injured last year could come back and they're assuming healthy right now, but both corners are aging. They're not what they used to be. Now, I'm not saying they're not good. I'm not saying they yep. can't be all pro players. Yep. I like them both, but I don't know that you, you you added any pieces of depth behind them to help right away. And that's my biggest problem with the draft. Not about, and that's why I was making the point with Hamilton, you know, uh, 
a lot of people wanted a, a, a p- people that were complaining. It's like, well, we already have a bunch of safeties. We didn't need a safety. And it's like that's not what the Ravens do in the first round. And then you look at and then you look at they went center and they arguably got the best center according to everybody in the world in the draft. But was that the more immediate need over the edge rusher there? And to me, because Jermaine Johnson was taking the pick right after him, it's like to me they're going to be balanced. If Jermaine Johnson turns out to be the guy that I had ranked in my top 15, I think that's a miss. Um, unless Linderbaum becomes that all-pro guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and is that generational talent? I love I love the defensive tackle. They, they solved that, you know, a, a hole that they had with some depth and with Campbell, you know, one or two years max. They bring Michael Pierce back, and hopefully he's healthy again. Love Travis Jones. So I think they still have some holes. And, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, they'll always fix that with free agency and stuff. Okay, but I don't know that they but, can. But can that's that's the entirety of the conversation to me. Yeah. I, I have no judgment. Even what you're talking about with Linderbaum and Jermaine Johnson, look, we're going to remember that forever. Right. We're going we're gonna to think about that in five years. Even if Tyler Linderbaum's a solid player, but Jermaine Johnson becomes an elite pass rusher, we're going to talk about this eternally. It's just the way that we do things. But I have no – I don't even really want to fight about – need versus you know best player available it's not even a conversation I, I even beyond the first pick i don't really have a problem with that i can say i like the players they took i do i genuinely like the players they took i think they got good football players are, are there things i might have done differently perhaps but again like you i'm a i'm a guy that that works for I don't even know if I'm getting paid today. I got to be honest with you. We didn't even negotiate that. But this is the way it goes, right? right. Like I have no issue mm-hmm. with the Ravens saying these are the best players available, and almost unilaterally there being agreement from the smart people in the world. These were four really good football yes. players they took with their four picks that mattered. There is almost universal, universal. agreement about that. Universal. But I separate that and say, I have no problem. You want to praise the Ravens? You want to talk about how brilliant they are and their draft strategy and how they get everything right? No problem. Fine. I'll push back a little bit, and I think you guys are conveniently forgetting a number of things over the years, but, you know, fine. Let's, let's just go with that because I, too, like the picks. This is an utterly different conversation than that. This conversation is a conversation about, oh, that's very cool. Oh, oh my that's God, very am I cool. happy. That's very cool. Oh, they took my boy. That's very cool. Sorry. I'm going to get back I'm to sorry. my thought. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's very cool. I'm very sorry. The Ravens just took Tyler Batty running back out of Missouri. and Isn't it Beatty? Beatty. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. My, this is again, you and names. And and like, here we go again. But Oh, God. That makes me happy. So if you, for those of you that don't know, Tyler was born in Louisiana. Give you five. I hate you. Uh, oh, my God. I kicked your guys' asses. But I don't have to do anything. This so is I a bludgeoning. Care. I don't care. Um, oh Ty- Tyler Beatty was born in Louisiana, and Hurricane Katrina drove his family out of Louisiana and brought them to Baltimore. And while he was in Baltimore, he attended the Friends School, where Ken works, and he becomes just the second person ever to have attended the Friends School to have been selected in an NFL draft. Um, and the fact that it happens to be here in Baltimore is... It's, inc- it's an incredibly cool story. He didn't actually finish his high school career in Baltimore, so... It's not as well publicized that Tyler Beatty is a Baltimore kid, um, and he wasn't born here either, but he spent many of his formative years here in Baltimore, and it's a really neat story that Tyler Beatty ends up being selected by the Baltimore Ravens. And they're a team that uh, can use plenty of running backs, so 
it's a it, everything about it is very neat, and I know it, it means a little bit more to you. It and does. I I just I my my phone is just. It's he's a really good kid. I mean, he's such a good kid. You know, he's a lacrosse player. Uh, he loved yeah, la- love lacrosse. Love lacrosse. And, love and, lacrosse. And one of the reasons he came to friends is because they were going to let him play lacrosse. Yep. Um. And, oh my! I God. believe wasn't he hooked up with Quint Kessenich's family? Uh, wasn't Kessen- I believe Kessenich family? Yeah, but yeah. I, I believe yeah. they were they were friendly. Yeah. Um, I, just an unbelievably neat story. Unbelievably neat story about Tyler Beatty now being a Baltimore Raven. I that's I'm sorry. So I'm, no, Ken, I don't blame you at all for that reaction. It's I, it's incredibly cool. It's incredibly I, I'm, cool. I'm, all right, so now you now d- despite the fact that it's a uh, it's a little more personal, yes. t- you got to say just twenty. Give me twenty seconds about Tyler Beatty, the football player. Then I'm going to get back to my points. He was one of my top five guys, led the SEC in rushing, workhorse, uh, terrific uh, out of the backfield with the catch. I think uh, Justice Hill, uh, you know, I I don't know what this means for him, but he fits into that role really, really well. And, you know, people will say, I mean, he's only 5'8", 200 pounds, but he he runs between the tackles. I mean, you you watched him. This is – he led the SEC in rushing, folks, Okay. SEC. That I mean, look at all the people that are in the SEC from I've, the SEC. I've, defensively, I've, I've heard they're okay. Um, this is a, a tremendous, high quality kid, and um, Ravens fans are really going to like him. Uh, they're, they're really going to like him. It's a. It is an unbelievably cool story. I remember being excited, like when it was when it, when it was Keenan Reynolds a few years ago. I was really excited. This is a really exciting. For a sixth round pick, I love I love everything about uh, this. I love everything every single about thing this. about this. And like you said, a little bit little bit more personal for me. Yep. Um uh makes me very, very happy. Um and uh you know, I I, I wish him, you know, what the great, best part is we're gonna have him local. So yeah. you know, we're gonna we're gonna do a lot of things. We're gonna we're gonna do a lot of things and um um we're gonna get him in studio here with you, and we'll be we'll be good. It's a great kid. Yeah, great kid. Yes. Sixteen hundred yards a year ago at Missouri, and fourteen touchdowns on the ground. Three hundred thirty receiving yards and four more touchdowns uh, as well uh, receiving. So a very very neat story and a cool reaction from KZ is Tyler Beatty from um, once upon a time from the Friends School is now a Baltimore Raven with their final pick, at least that we know of. In the 2022 NFL Draft. Now, Ken, I know yes. you're distracted. I, I, under, know, I understand you. I understand you're distracted. I just got to answer one more person. I understand you're distracted. Yes. It's a very cool thing. Okay, I'm good now. I'm going to go back to my thought. Yes, my thought being, thought. I'm separating two things. I'm completely separating them. I'm having it. Everybody who asked me, I bumped into my buddy Bruce Raffel, uh, who used to be with SB Nation years ago. Um, I bumped into him at the gym this morning we were talking about it, And I said this. I said, I like the players. I do. I like the picks. Just individually looking at these four players, yep. thumbs up. Thumbs up on the four picks the Baltimore Ravens made. And I'm not even trying to tell you that their strategy is the wrong strategy to simply abandon need and take good players. I, that is a philosophical conversation that I cannot solve today, and none of us can. We can't solve it. But I can say that for as good as I feel about those players, at an almost equal level... I have questions about their roster and their ability to compete to win the not just the Super Bowl, but the AFC North in 2022. Both things can equally be true. We are capable as forward-thinking adults of not fall, falling in the line of if everything you say isn't always completely 100% glowing, there can be some room between uh, goat and trash. We are capable of doing that. 
I think the Ravens had a really nice draft with the picks that mattered. I, I just, I hope that some of these fourth round picks turn out to be players. And I get it. The, 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 the punter ends up being a bigger conversation. And Paul, I'll get to it in a second. I promise. I hope that they found players there too. But I think they found players in the first three rounds. That being said, Ken brought up a couple. You and I can duke it out about you, you telling me that you like the wide receiver room. You're going to be on an island there. I like one. The others, I hope, will be football players. And I know you liked them when you scouted them, and I know you felt good about them, yep. but we've got a lot of evidence of them not being football players in the NFL. Of being, you don't. My my point is, you don't have enough evidence of them not being football players because they haven't been given the so the, you're the responsibility. Falling, you're, no, I'm 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 going. I'm falling back on what I think they could be from the scout. But you're falling into the idea that they purposely didn't do more with these players. That they knew these players were capable of doing more and purposely didn't do more with them. I, I Which th- isn't to say it's impossible. I'm not. I'm not saying. I just don't think it's plausible. I don't want to say that they purposely didn't. I think that they. You know, you you had you had five good weeks out of out of out of Lamar um, last year, and then he was hurt, and then the line was hurt, and then the running backs, all the running backs were gone. I I just don't know that we got a a true, like like all these guys in like little glimpses when they when they put them on the field. But you had Sam, they they brought in a, a Sammy Watkins, and they still had Boykin there, and they were still trying to run the ball, and I, I you know they're trying to. Bateman was hurt to start the season. It's just like I just I want to see them all together. I I just think that these are really good young route running with some exp- with with some speed that they can use in Duvernay that they could use them differently. I I just you know somebody said somebody said to me, well they'll bring in a veteran. Would you be interested in Julio Jones or Will Fuller? And I'm like, no, I'm tired of hurt people coming here. All they are is hurt. Who were you like like? When are you just going to give your draft picks a chance? And if you don't think they're worthy, get rid of them. There's, there's, Why are they on the football there, team there's if two, you don't I trust them? I think there's two them? separate thoughts there. There's two completely separate thoughts there. Yeah, which one is one complete thought. It's, eh, eh, it, one it dances around that. Your first thought of, I'm tired of bringing in hurt players, fine. There's a level to everybody that's a hurt player, right? Like, there's a level to that. There's not. Jarvis Landry is an injured player, but I'd take Jarvis Landry tomorrow. That's Everyone is hurt. Everyone in Nobody football said is hurt. Jarvis Landry. They're talking about Will Fuller. It was the same thing with Sammy Watkins. It's like, okay, that's great. If he's healthy, why? Julio Jones, he looked done to me. He definitely did not look good. Okay, Nobody's Fuller, debating that. Will Fuller hasn't played a complete season ever. I don't know if that's true or not, but you're, it's uh, look. In the I NFL, get it. it's pretty I, close. I get that he's been banged up. I he do. Didn't play I do last get that. He, year. Let me pull up Will Fuller just see. I, mean, if he's I, ever I don't know when's the last season. time he played. Like even twelve games. But, you're, but to say that someone because they didn't play last year is like we're, again, those two guys are hurt all the time. I'm trying to pull up Will Fuller really quick. They're hurt just all because the I don't time. know off the top of my head. I, don't I haven't, know I haven't spent any time on Will Fuller. I know he didn't play last year. Right. Okay. Um, and I know and for your, by the way, he's never played a full season. Okay, well, you, there get, you, go. you get points for that. I, I he's never played a full season. I just I, – I, Jarvis Landry may be the one name that I'm okay with. Yes, he was hurt last year, but he's been healthy the rest of the – most of his career. And I'm okay with that. doesn't solve – the speed thing that everybody's saying, well, the team has no speed at wide receiver. Well, Jarvis Landry, Jarvis Landry is a slot guy. It doesn't solve your problem. No. And by the way, you have 16 tight ends that are slot guys. Now, the Ravens just told you 
They don't need a slot wide receiver because they got other guys that could do that. But your thing where you say give these other guys a chance chance. is all well and good. Tying yourself down to the idea that you're sinking or swimming with guys that you have no idea if they can play in the NFL or not is nuts. That's insanity. Then what do you mean you have no idea? Did you not draft all these people? Not in the first round, Ken. One of them you did? Who? Bateman? That's the one. Okay. Nobody's including Bateman in this conversation. God damn. Rashad Bateman better, better be <laughs> as good as we think he is. Now. now Th- this now, is now beyond that. We, now, Rashad, if Rashad Bateman isn't a rock star, they're effed. Like, huh. this is – Rashad Bateman can't even be a good pick anymore. Rashad Bateman has to be everything we believed he could be, and frankly, more than that. Now moving forward I, I for the just, Ravens. I, I'm just not going through the desperate, oh, my God, they didn't take a wide receiver in this draft. It's like I wouldn't have felt that way had they not traded away the one guy that for all of his faults and for all of his warts, you could at least count on for production. And maybe, maybe you can find that in somebody else. But tying yourself to that when you are trying to win in the most difficult division in the NFL – is insane. It's not wrong. It's bat s nuts. You, we gotta go back to 2019, folks, because it's coming. I'm just. Uh, and by the way, I get it. It's you're going back 2019. I you, for everybody, and, and this is the most insane. But you thing. still need wide receivers. No, you don't in this yes, offense because the offensive coordinator doesn't use Even, them. No, you're wrong. You're saying he that for the sake of saying them. it. No, I'm not. He doesn't use them the way you want them to use he them. They still use- throw the football. You have guys that can throw the football to still. You think. I know. You don't know, Ken. You want to say that because of your own hubris. You I know. think you have I those know. guys. I know that Prochet runs great routes. can get open at any point that he wants if you throw him the football. I know that Wallace is a can great rail runner. No I no idea what those guys are capable of doing I know, if they face I know the DuVernay be- can run just as fast straight ahead as Marquise Brown could, and maybe he would actually catch the ball. You're pretending like Marquise Brown didn't catch the ball. I get it. He dropped the ball sometimes. I'm sometimes, very aware. Sometimes. We all saw it. It was seven drops. I'm very aware. In the worst and times. I understand, Ken. I understand. Nobody, you're, again, Such I'm not a, here to tell you Marquise Brown was, was the greatest wide receiver in football history. I'm here way. to tell you he was productive, and he was a guy that you could count on for production. And maybe you can do that. Maybe Devin DuVernay can be that guy. But you are deciding to go all in on the theory that he might be that guy. You're right. And that's nuts. That's what nuts. other choice do we have? Well, I mean, you didn't have to trade the guy that you had. Well, you once had you, to. Once you decided you were, you could have been a little more aggressive in what yeah. it is that you were doing. By the you, way, by the way, the the they should send the Ravens front office Lamar. Jackson yes, it's insane. And, it's and unbelievable. Jackson, like they, the secrets to the universe. My God, it's incredible. Nobody's debating that. Nobody's debating that. I mean, I, by the way, by the way, the. My biggest disappointment of this draft, okay, mm-hmm. biggest disappointment. Yes, and I understand all the all the all the reasons why. We gotta get a break in a second, by the way. That's okay. Yeah, is that you weren't here with me? Oh, when they made the Hollywood Brown <laughs> trade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I We've only... had some moments yeah. over the year, yeah, and that, I know. And Joe and Joe and Joe Serpico did a fantastic job with me. And Paul Valley, bless his heart, just yeah. let me go for about a half hour. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, I, I get it. I get it. I assure you, I get it. I get it. That was my biggest draw. I was like, it's like, man, I wish Glad was here right I now. I <laughs> like, I like the picks. I am. It, it, it's, 
in so many areas, I am very nervous about the roster the Ravens are putting out there to try to win the AFC North in 2022, which doesn't mean they can't. And if we're being fair, the story might well come down more about who stays healthy. It might very well be that none of the roster construction actually matters because it's the Browns and the Bengals that have the injuries this year. And so the Ravens, by virtue of just being the team that stays the healthiest, are the one that's set up to win, right? It is totally plausible. But in a separate conversation than what they did in the draft, the reality of this is the team you've got. That there is very little, not nothing, but very little of impact that can still be done. I have concerns. Some of those concerns, could it might very well be that we have this conversation a year from now and James Prochet has become Anquan Bolden, that Devin DuVernay has proven to be better than Hollywood Brown ever was. It might very well it be. It might be. It might be. But to plan around that, to assume that that's what's going to happen, is a bridge too far for your boy. I can't join you there. Can't and because of that, I think... They're in a tough spot. Uh, quickly, Paul, the Sam Cooke situation. I have not, I did not uh, choose to reach out. I might do that uh, after we finish up this show. Um, so I don't know if they've had a press con- I don't think, they normally wait until after the draft is over. Although with their, with them making their final pick, they might very well just acknowledge, hey, we're done and come down and have their press yeah. conference at some yeah. point soon. And obviously that'll be a question that they'll be ans- asked very quickly. Um, the, the, it, it's, an, it's a multifold question. It's a question of, one, did you tell Sam Cook? Two, what was Sam's response? Did you, who was it? Was the 49ers like, knew that somebody was retiring? It, they knew um, Staley, was, Staley retiring was retiring a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah. So they had traded for Trent Williams, right. and everybody had kind of kept it quiet. Right. I, I have no reason to believe that's the case with Sam Cook. I have not been alerted to anything that would suggest that. I would think that if that were the case, then those wheels would probably have been in motion as soon as they made the stout pick, that they would have probably made it public. Hey, we knew Sam was retiring. He was just doing us a solid by not telling anyone um, so that we could have, we could hold that over the rest of the NFL that they didn't know that we needed a punter, right? Is it, it's, it's not impossible. And Sam's not a very active person in social media or anything along those lines. So it's still possible we find that out. It's also possible we find out that Sam Cook has no interest in retiring, wants to keep playing football, and the Ravens are going to have to release him. We are breathlessly talking about them saving $2.1 million. Of course, they also have to pay this, but they have to pay all their draft picks. So we, we do have to be careful about saying it's a savings of $2.1 million. Well, the, the roster is still going to be held by, spot going to be held by somebody. Now, in saying, hey, we were planning a certain amount of money for our rookie pool anyway, so. You're saving, you're saving X amount of dollars right, right. versus the rookie pool that you thought you were going to be spending. Okay, we can have that conversation, but not all of these picks are guaranteed to make the roster. If you're releasing Sam Cook, Jordan Stout's definitely making the roster, so it's more like you're saving $1.2 million. If Jordan Stout proves to be a great punter and you end up you know, hurting your guy on the way out, then we'll live with that one day down the road. Um, Joe Flacco was a hell of a quarterback. They found a better one. And, you know, maybe Joe Flacco didn't love it, but he's got to acknowledge they found a better one. And at some point when Joe Flacco's career is over, they'll bring him back here. They'll have a ceremony for him and all will be good at that point. Um, Sam Cook is a ring of honor Baltimore Raven. He is, 100%. he is one of the, all things being equal, he's one of the 20 greatest players in franchise history. I get it. If you want to say he's not really one, 
We, we okay. have this conversation all the time. But if you make all things being equal, he's one of the 20th great. Frankly, if you make all things being equal, if, if eliminating position, he's one of the 10 greatest Ravens of all time. But uh, right. really, all things right. being equal, he's one of the 20 greatest Ravens of all time. Mm-hmm. And frankly, did not get enough league-wide appreciation for Never. what he did. Never. Because the only thing anybody ever measures punters by is how far they punt the ball. They don't take into consideration all the things that we know Sam Cooke did so ridiculously well. Dude, we all see a guy who maybe was losing a bit of heat on his fastball a year ago. Yes, we all saw the same guy. Do I think they had to draft a punter this year or acquire a punter? No, I think they could have had. I still think that Sam Cooke sure, was sure. In, in the top 10 or so of punters in the NFL. But if they believe they found a guy that's going to be their punter for the next 15 years, God bless. God bless. I will assume that they talked about it. I can't imagine that the Baltimore Ravens allowed this to be something that Sam Cook found out about today when he got started getting texts from his friends. I gotta fathom that it's a conversation they had with him before this moment. But um, that's you, about you, you would think. That's you about think. that's about all I can say about punters too. Like that's about the. I mean, it, it, it is what it is. I mean, he's thirty nine years old. I mean, this yeah. is not a knock on him. And like you said, I mean, we saw the the chinks in the armor. I mean, sometimes, you know. Y- for so long, you just expected perfection because that's what you got. Mm-hmm. And a couple of shanks, a couple of, you know, didn't go with ball, didn't go as far as we expected to go, didn't go in the direction we expected to go. Uh, you know, so bigger, faster, stronger, younger is is way the NFL is built. But this guy's got to be really good. I right? know. Like, he's got to be good. Now, if, if now, this guy sucks, then... Uh, there there are a few things that I trust more with the Baltimore Ravens than, than their specialists. evaluations of kickers and punters. I hear you. I hear the, you. I mean, I mean, they are what they, they do well with things that they do well with. It's really well. Definitely that's, very high on the that's list. That's in the top three. No <laughs> doubt. No doubt. All right, we're going to find out more about the new punter, our buddy Kyle Andrews, who is in Baltimore forever now at the Center Daily Times uh, up in uh, central Pennsylvania. Plus, there's a lot of Big Ten guys that they took in general, so we can probably talk yeah. to about some of those guys as well. He's Ken Zalis. I'm Glenn Clark. It is the Project Game Day NFL Draft Recap, and it's also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models, a RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman, diving into where his passion for baseball and for catching comes from and how he uses that passion to elevate those around him in the Orioles organization. Also inside, Bo Smolka takes a look at how the Ravens' 2021 draft picks can make progress in year two, and Glenn Clark offers a very unique tribute to former rival Mike Krzyzewski that all Maryland fans can appreciate. PressBox is available for free at over 500 areas locations including 60 royal farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the orioles ravens and terps at pressboxonline.com that first sip that first bite Mm. start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at royal farms choose from a fantastic selection of fresh royal farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. 
answering Baltimore's calls for help, running in when others run away, working together toward one shared vision for a thriving city. That's your Baltimore Police. But the department needs more good people, people like you. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore Police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets with Glenn Clark and Paul Valley every Tuesday morning at 1140. Fandle Sportsbook GM Bruce Billick and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and even a few winners. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday at 1140 a.m. Brought to you by the Fanduel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Baseball is back, and so is the spring seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash fried pork belly with our popular Korean number two sauce, and take a bite out of the crunch burger topped with home run sauce, white American cheese, and house made chips. It also features irresistible options like a baseball cut sirloin with blue cheese, grilled shrimp with garlic butter, and a strawberry salmon salad. And then there's the closer, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jack. This menu will be going, going, gone at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. GloryDaysGrill.com to find out more. Great food, good sports. We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. And try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. Well, it's actually the Project Game Day NFL Draft Recap. That is the voice, of course, of Ken Zalas, who is with us. I am Glenn Clark. Oh, boy. The uh, Baltimore police are still looking for some folks. They need, we want to change some things in our community. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in the community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good, bpdrecruit.org. So, Ken, you were admitting that for, despite the fact that you are the guy. The guy. You are not the guy when it comes to punters. I am not. I do not scout punters and kickers. So we need to find somebody who knows a little bit more about the Baltimore Ravens' presumed new punter. And um, the guy that we've got, of course, is an old friend of ours and someone that I've been very proud of. He once upon a time interned for us, and uh, he has carved out a great career himself in sports media. He covers Penn State for the Center Daily Times. He's our buddy Kyle Andrews, and he's back with us now here on the Project Game Day Draft Recap Special. Kyle, it's Glenn, it's KZ, it's good to chat with you, buddy. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You had me sitting waiting like I was a guest preacher or something. Oh, <laughs> but, man. Uh, <laughs> we had, but, uh, we yeah. had to give you appropriate, yeah, yeah right? You're this big, guy, you're this big, guy. You're big time now. Come on, man. <laughs> um, well, not as big time as you guys, you know. But, uh, hey, I mean, Jordan Stout, this guy, I'll, I'll tell you right now, just thank God he's not going to be a kicker, right? Because he missed a, a bunch of kicks okay. for, uh, for Penn State. But the fact of the matter is, I mean, the guy's a great punter. He's an outstanding punter. I mean, you're going to be saving a ton of money. I know, um, you know, Sam Cook has been a mainstay there in Baltimore, as, as we all know. But, um, you know, when you don't have to pay a lot of money for production from that position, I mean, it just makes too much sense uh, to have a guy like Jordan Stout who is, you know, all Big Ten in punting, you know, one of the top punters um, in the in the country, if not the – I mean, me personally, I've, I've seen him do it firsthand. 
And, I mean, the guy pinned guys back, and, and then when you have a great defense like Penn State did, um, it just helps that much more. So, you know, those same things could happen in Baltimore, especially when you add as many defensive guys as they did in this draft. And, uh, you know, just having another weapon where, you know, you could pin somebody with back in there at 10. Um, I, I think Jordan South, that guy. You know, Kyle, everybody was talking. There was a lot of conversation about punter leading up to the draft in Baltimore, but everybody was talking about Matt Areza, the punt god from out at San Diego State, because he could boom 90-yard punts because he had the biggest leg we've ever seen. Tell me about Jordan Stout. I know he's got a big leg, but it seems like his skill maybe is a bit more Sam Cooke-like in that he's more capable of placing punts and and having some of those tricks in the bag, the old golf bag that we learned about with Sam Cook over the years. Yes, I, I 100% agree with that because this is one thing Jordan Stout actually talked to me about. And they, uh, I, I mean, the Penn State lost that game. I think it was the Michigan game. But, you know, Jordan Stout sitting there talking to everyone and, um, you know, just explaining how, he could punt a ball in about 15 different ways. You know, he has, you know, the backspin. He kind of compared it to golf, um, you know, where you have a backspin, you have, you know, you're going forward. You tried to, you know, hook it a little bit. Um, I mean, he, he knows every single trick in the book. The guy is um, a very intelligent punter. He's also a big punter. And, um, you know, another thing that people <laughs> – probably aren't going to take into account, I guess, especially with Jordan South being a punter, is that the guy's fast. I mean, you know, if you if you ask anybody what kind of what kind of punter the Ravens wanted and you put them in a lab, I mean, Jordan South would be the end result. I mean, and I know that sounds like... I'm trying to think about how of, it helps, but are you saying that he gets the kicks off fast? Is that the value there? No, he he is fast. Like this. So how does that the, help, Kyle? <laughs> the same I mean, punt. coverage, punt coverage. I mean, yeah. Okay. Oh, you're saying that, he gets down the field and he'll, he's yeah, unafraid he, to he's, hit. He's fast. Okay. He is fast. Okay. He's incredibly fast. Yeah. See, and the thing is, he'll at least get in the way. <laughs> you I, know, I I I'll tell people this. I mean, Jordan Stout's definitely one of the most. I think he's the more talented out of uh, him and Matt Areza. Not just saying that because I've seen both of them. I mean, I've seen Jordan Stout firsthand, but Jordan Stout pins guys within the within the ten, and that's what Sam Cook did for all those years for Baltimore. And it just makes too much sense to replace Sam Cook with you know another Sam Cook, but also a Sam Cook that is six foot three, two hundred ten pounds, and can you know get down the field lightning quick. So I mean, it it just make it, it makes sense to me. So let me ask you a question, non-punter question. Well, it's a punter question. Can he throw the football? Have you seen it? Because that is one thing that Sam did for the Ravens very effectively. He didn't do it often. He missed one throw, one, in, one his throw in his career. Yeah. Have, has, has, has Jordan thrown the football? Have you seen him throw the football? I have not seen Jordan South throw the football. So I I mean I'm guessing that <laughs> I believe I saw I believe I saw a video actually of a fake punt involving Jordan Stout earlier today on Twitter. Oh, it Twitter. was ugly. Oh god. It was ugly. It was ugly. <laughs> so. I, I mean because but that was more or less that was more or less because of the play call, I would say. I, I think it was kind of a freak thing and uh you know, I mean uh, I I don't think Penn State's special teams situation was as uh 
you know, tenable as, uh, you know, the Ravens. The Ravens are probably top, you know, they're top at, at running the, uh, you know, good special teams. Hang on, uh, hang on, Kyle. Uh, we're gonna uh, we're gonna watch uh, this. This is actually kind of a dime that he dropped here. This wasn't so bad. That's <laughs> not bad. I mean, there's a ton of air under it. But he was right on. He was right there. Oh, it was, it worked, okay, so he could throw the ball a little bit. But he's not it, Sam Cook. Sam no, was no. Sam was legitimately Sam, a quarterback. Sam, of course. Sam was Sam was yeah. Sam was like the emergency emergency. Yeah, backup I mean, he was a legit yeah. quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, but besides <laughs> the punter, because I, I, I'm going to be really honest, we we spent too much time with the punter. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to be perfectly honest. The guy's with you. going to be the punter. I mean, he's going to be a punter. But hey, I mean, Kyle, I mean Andrews, many, Kyle Andrews is with us on yeah, the Project Game yeah. Day draft recap. And and you've seen, I mean, the, the Ravens did overall. They drafted a lot of guys that that you've probably come. Yeah, seen play. Um, you know, Tyler Linderbaum, uh, David Ajabo, Daniel Falele is, I guess, how Fa-a-lele, it Fa'alele. Fa'alele. Oh, it's close. Yeah. Um, yeah, whatever. Um, it's important, Ken. Don't be disrespectful. I'm not being disrespectful. I mean, the man's 6'8", 390 pounds. Yeah. I will never, Correct. ever. Yes. I'll just call him Sir. How's that? <laughs> sir, sir Daniel. <laughs> Yes, sir, Daniel. Um, uh, can you tell us a little bit about these guys that you've seen up close and personal? What kind of football players, you know, you when they played Penn State that you saw? Well, I can tell you one thing. David Ojabo, when he's healthy, I mean, that kid is he, he's incredibly talented. And in the, in the relationship that him and Odafe Owe have, um, I mean, has, it's just, it's, I mean, it's outstanding. You already got a guy that, you know, grew up with one of your other defensive ends they you know they they come from a similar background both nigerian um you know one scottish nigerian and the other one's nigerian american um that old story but, uh, you know I, I just find it really cool that those guys are getting paired back together they were blair academy guys in jersey um but uh you know o- ojabo i mean that that kid is super talented i mean he He's everything that you will look for in the defensive end. I mean, he plays football at a very high level. Um, and the thing is, he's just scratching the ceiling of his talent. I mean, this this Achilles injury it sucks for him because he's only going to get better. I mean, it, it it's slowing down just the process of him getting to that point. But, I mean, he, he's going to be outstanding. He has every single tool in the bag. He has a bunch of different moves. And he just started playing football when he was 17 years old. So this is a young guy, um, you know, who can get to the quarterback at a high level. And truthfully, I mean, everybody always talks about Ada Hutchinson, and I think Ada Hutchinson is a talented, a talented guy. But you know, when you look at David Ojabo, he's six foot four, 250 pounds. He has long arms. You know, everybody talks about Hutchinson having T-Rex arms. David Ojabo, that's not the same situation. Um, <laughs> And he's fast. I mean, the guy is quick. He's fast. He's quick. He has, you know, every single tool in the book that you can think of. And then let's get the Tyler Linderbaum. I mean, I know a lot of Ravens fans will sit up here and say, oh, why are they drafting a, a center in the first round? I mean, he's not, they're like, he's not a scheme fit. He's a little lean or whatever. Who cares? But I'll tell you right now, um, Tyler Linderbaum, he is a talented guy. He you know, he's he's former wrestler. I know that a lot of people probably talked about that ad nauseum, whatever. But this kid, I mean, he will wrestle people down to the ground. 
and he's a technician. And that's that's something that the Ravens were severely lacking at center at times in the past, not necessarily with both. I think Bozeman was absolutely – he was more than adequate at center. But at the same time, I think that Tyler Linderbaum, his ceiling – and that, that's this is no knock on Bradley Bozeman, outstanding human being, very good football player. But I think Tyler Linderbaum's um, you know, ceiling is just – significantly higher than any center that the Ravens have ever had. Um, and then when it comes to Falele, I mean, <laughs> the kid's a tank. And it kind of reminds me of the Orlando Brown Jr. pick. I don't know if anybody else, uh, you know, feels that way. But, um, you know, when I looked at Falele, six foot eight, 384 pounds, I mean, he's probably going to come into the league, get a little bit leaner you know, lose a little bit of weight, get get stronger, faster, whatever you need them to do. Um, when you have a guy like that with that kind of talent and, you know, he's raw too. I mean, he was a former rugby player. Um, you know, I, I just think that he has a good ceiling on him and that's a good situation for them to have. I, I mean, they, they did, I think Eric DaCosta did everything in his power to, you know, make this team a lot better, make them a little bit more physical. And I think that's what everybody, <laughs> you, you see all the Ravens fans that we've seen on Twitter cry about guys not being physical enough. And then they're like, okay, well, we want we want to draft 50 wide receivers in the, in the first three rounds. And then I'm like, now, now you got guys that actually are physical that play those inside positions that are, you know, within the trenches. And now you still have people complaining. So, I mean, it, it's like... What else do you want? You got the guys. Now you need to know how to use them, and I think that's the biggest thing. It's just using them correctly and putting them in the correct situations to succeed. Uh, Kyle, I, look, man, I like I Ken and I just had a whole conversation about it. I like the players the Ravens picked. I am concerned about their roster as a whole. Like I am. Um, oh, absolutely. But, <laughs> as, as anybody should in right. April, honestly. Right, but I like the. I mean, I with the picks that mattered. And I mean, the fourth round. I, I don't. It's, it's hard for me to judge anything in the fourth round. But with the pick, the four picks that mattered in the first three rounds, I I think they made four good picks. I mean, four good solid football players that make sense. Um, I like what they did in that way. All right, buddy. Uh, you're on Twitter where? At Kyle J Andrews underscore. So I know it's still underscore. I'm gonna get gonna catch everything from ken ken's ken's gonna throw me into the either because i have the underscore so you gotta fix you, you well we, we know you ken knows elon though right so we can call him yeah, he can do just, something just, about yeah right we're gonna yeah, he can he gonna... can he can help you out in that department <laughs> he's really plugged in uh the center daily times of course it's uh what's the website it's, it, it's www.centerdaily and that's t-r-e daily.com so if you just go on centerdaily.com, you can find my work. You can find our other Penn State beat reporter, Kent John Sauber, his work. Um, you know, we're, we're still trying to plug away. I'm still doing a lot of high school stuff still. So, um, you know, if you're interested in reading high school stuff as well, uh, definitely read that up too. Very cool. Kyle Andrews, appreciate you, brother. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Yep, thank you, guys. That's Kyle Andrews. From the Center Daily Times in Center, Pennsylvania. That's I don't know what's going on with this. I was going to say, you better lot, move your hands. A lot going on right now. <laughs> I don't normally run the board. And we now see why. Well, it's funny because, like, <laughs> every time one of the, the board ops, like, 
something like this will happen to them. They'll be like, ah, and I'll be like, hey, man, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Let's just let's just keep moving. Just keep, <laughs> let's just keep moving. That's where we are. <laughs> it's like when we started the show the other day. Paul's like, "What kind of music do you want?" I was like, "I don't know." Just, I had to just start the show. Just start yeah, the right. show. I was like, "Just play right. play anything for thirty seconds. Right. Let's go." No doubt. All right. Um, that's Kyle Andrews telling us all about the uh, new punter and the uh, Big Ten guys that the Ravens took, and we'll continue that um, train of thought. Ron Johnson, of course, once upon a time, a Baltimore Ravens wide receiver. Now he's out with uh, K-Fan and uh, the Fox affiliate in uh, Minnesota, and he knows a thing or two about the aforementioned Daniel Fa'alele. 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 Practice it. You'll forget it by the next time you say it. Who are we kidding? We'll talk about him next, find out more about the, ra- the first of the six Ravens' fourth-round picks. The real question that we need to get an answer to. Here's your, your radio tease. This is the real question we need an answer to. If, for whatever reason, Ronnie Stanley couldn't play, could this kid play left tackle in the NFL immediately? You don't answer it. I'm not going to. Ron Johnson will answer that Let question answer. for us next. It is the Project Game Day NFL Draft Recap. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Answering Baltimore's calls for help, running in when others run away, working together toward one shared vision for a thriving city. That's your Baltimore police. But the department needs more good people, people like you. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever is on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point. Boulevard. 
The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman, diving into where his passion for baseball and for catching comes from and how he uses that passion to elevate those around him in the Orioles organization. Also inside, Bo Smolka takes a look at how the Ravens' 2021 draft picks can make progress in year two, and Glenn Clark offers a very unique tribute to former rival Mike Krzyzewski that all Maryland fans can appreciate. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Stay tuned. Your chance to win a million dollars is coming up. Probably not from us. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. You're not listening to Glenn Clark Radio. You're listening to a special edition of Project Game Day. KZ and Glenn Clark here. Uh, we've gone over. We just talked to Kyle Andrews um, and uh, went over what uh, the new punter situation is going to be in in Ravenland. He gave us a little bit of a preview. Really likes the Ojabo and Tyler Linderbaum uh, picks as well. Uh, thinks the Ravens are getting some really good football players. And uh, I think we have our next guest on, yeah. on the line. Yeah, quickly, let me remind everybody, today's show also brought to you by your neighborhood, Glory Days Grill. And it's uh, Glory Days Grill right now. They got their spring seasonal menu. It includes the opener, the flash-fried pork belly with their ever-so-popular Korean number two sauce, which is so good. Oh, my God, it's so good. Uh, they got the Cracker Jack Sunday with the waffle ice cream and Cracker Jacks. All of it available right now at your neighborhood, Glory Days Grill, glorydaysgrill.com. All right, KZ, well, we know our next guest from his time here in Baltimore, and uh, he's been a semi-regular with me over the last... Anytime anything Minnesota-related, the Ravens are playing the Vikings, Maryland's playing Minnesota, it's been a good excuse to reach out and catch up with this guy, and the Ravens have now just added another former gopher, much like Rashad Bateman, a couple years before that, Max Williams, and again, once upon a time, Ron Johnson, who is now with Fox 9 and K-Fan out in Minneapolis, and he's with us right now here on the Project Game Day Draft Recap Special. Ron, it's Glenn and Ken. It's always good to catch up with you, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. No, no, no problem. Thanks for having me. So, Daniel Fa'alele. Big. We know that. (laughs) Really big. Is he a future quality NFL tackle? Yeah, I think he is. I think he's not just future, but I think he's going to be a long-term um, player one health wise he's so big he rarely gets hurt um he takes care of his body he's Samoan so um if you remember like Ed Muatalo you know just real solid bone structure solid body um when you hear somebody's 400 pounds you would assume that they're overweight um he came into Minnesota a little over 400 pounds at 6'9 which is massive um I think they said he was the biggest football player in the world at that point um but he lost weight, <laughs> and to say to my lost weight, um, he lost baby fat. I mean, because he was a kid, um, he was a kid that had never played American style football. Um, when you think about, it, he's an Australian. Um, he grew up with you know watching rugby and all that stuff, and then IMG, of course, found him, turned him into this project. They put him in offensive line. Um, his him and uh, Dunlap uh, Jr., who was a guard at IMG, both committed to Minnesota. And P.J. Fleck, you know, kind of just went out on a limb because this is a kid, like I said, he didn't know the game of football, and he still is young and learning it. I mean, he's probably 
five, six years into just really getting into football and then really three years of taking it serious. And so I think his upside is, is massive when you think about how big he is, how strong his hands are, how long his arms are. And he's also athletic. I mean, he played quarterback in the spring game. He played, I think, in a bowl game as well. Played a little, you know, wildcat quarterback. Um, he's played fullback. I, I, I desperately need to see him do that. I, like, I've never needed to see anything more in my life. Can, I need to I, see Daniel Fale like, play quarterback. Can I just tell you the scariest thing I've ever seen on a football field? Yeah. They locked him up on a, like, it was either a short yardage or a two-point conversion as the lead back. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. oh I have to see that. <laughs> I mean, I want to see somebody somebody else tweet that tweet that said the new two-point conversion for the Ravens <laughs> is is he is he's he's the lead back and Pat Ricard is the running back. And it's like, that's all we need. <laughs> yeah, and he can do it. Like, yeah, he's, yeah. He's, like, he's, a, he's an athlete. He can throw. He can run. He can play a little basketball. So, I mean, you're getting a guy with Jonathan Ogden-type feet. Um, but not the mental side of football that J.O. had. Um, but I think Falele is just he, – he's a guy that when he puts his hand out to stun somebody, they stop in their tracks. Like you rarely saw guys running through him or after one jab, they were able to recover and keep coming at him. Like he stuns guys. He stops them in their tracks. Um, he can move people if he's pull, if he's like driving down the field or pulling He's a, he's a people mover, and so he didn't have to learn, though. <clears throat> and when you think about Harbaugh, I'm pretty sure, you know, his brother told him a little bit about what he saw playing against Falele, what pops up on film, what did they like about him. Um, so you can easily see that being, you know, same reason why he probably took David Ajobo. You know, his brother probably told him, hey, yeah, it's an Achilles, but this is what you're going to get out of this guy, and this is, you know, how much better he can be. So, you know, I'm not surprised at that connection there where it's somebody that, he, you know, he, he could reach out to a, a family member and say, what did you think of this kid? And, you know, he's going to tell him, like, this is what you get out of Danny Falele. But I, I think he can easily come in and, and be a swing tackle because I don't know if he's going to be a true left tackle, um, but he can easily be a right tackle right away and then work him in there. A couple of things. I just watched the video. He scored a touchdown in the bowl game, Ken. Oh, yeah. it's my it's my favorite thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like, what do you do? Like, just what do you do? But, There's but nothing you can do against he, he's, this. He, he's as tall as everybody, and he's in the three-point stand. It's amazing. Oh, it's my favorite thing ever. It's like watching Giannis play basketball. You're yeah. just like, I, dude, there's nothing. There's just nothing. Um, Ron, let me follow that thought up, though. The Ravens are in a little bit of a bind. They're, we don't know if Ronnie Stanley's definitely going to be ready for week one. There could be a scenario where Morgan Moses could slide over and play left tackle, but it's not something he's done much of. Is he capable of playing on day one if necessary? Whatever position that would be, is he capable of going up against NFL defenders to start his rookie season if the Ravens are in that pinch, or is that a bridge too far? No, I don't see why not. Uh, when you look, like I said, when you look at his size, there's some things you can teach and some things you can't. You can't teach somebody to be 384 pounds and six nine with ballerina type feet. And so he has the like if you watch his Senior Bowl, you know, one on one clips, and that's, you know, Senior Bowl, you're going up against the best defensive ends in college football that are seniors and juniors. And so he's a guy that you know held his own. You know, there was a I think there was like one clip of a guy getting off the ball faster than him, but again in a game. Lamar Jackson, for instance, he can slow that down, whether it's checking, whether it's moving around, whether it's a silent count, so that now a defensive end can't really just do that. 
you know, he can't just jump the snap unless, you know, you're down to one second in the defense end's nose and it's third down and you have to throw. But other than that, some of that stuff that he faced in the senior bowl will be alleviated in normal game play because, you know, a defense end has to set the edge. He has to make sure that it's not an outside run. He has to make sure that, you know, if he's supposed to get his hands up on three steps. So there's a lot of things that Falele won't face that he saw in the senior bowl. And coming out and playing left tackle right away, yes, he can do it. Uh, is he going to have to get better and str- – and, uh, not stronger, better and smarter? Um, yes, for sure. And that's where I think the Ravens can help him. But if you look at his, off- his offensive line coach and who his pedigree of players, you know, coming from Western Michigan, they had an offensive tackle go in, in, in the early rounds. You know, and then at Minnesota the last couple of years, the number of recruits and offensive linemen and centers – that have been like the top players for their position, Connor Olsen and all these guys, he's done a good job with the offensive line. So, yeah, I think Daniel's ready. He is Ron Johnson, former Ravens wide receiver, now radio TV guy out in Minneapolis. Um, look, Ron, I, you know, I, I guess the only other thing I would have specifically about Fa Lele, um, were you surprised given his size that, that he wasn't more enticing, that he did end up – waiting around until the fourth round, or is there just still too much raw there for you to think he needed to go a lot earlier than that? So it's funny. If you, I'd have to find the tweet, but I sent out a tweet like early on. I thought he would go in the first round to the Ravens. Um, when you look at that later round pick, that I think they were around like 32 or uh, something like that, or 31. Well, they traded back. They like, had oh. the 14th pick, and then they ended up with the 25th was the other one they had. Yeah, yeah, so when you look at I thought they had two first-round picks early before some of the other stuff happened, maybe. but maybe they didn't. Um, but I thought – I don't know why I thought the Ravens had a late-round pick. But, you know, if you think about that, I thought, you know, the Ravens would get him then, like if in the you know second round maybe, um, just because of what you're saying about the tackle, you know, uncertainty. I, I tweeted it out. I was like, man, I could see him going to the Ravens. One, he's a gopher. Rashad Bateman's there. It kind of fit. I also thought, boy, Mafe might end up with the Ravens as a outside linebacker defense in um, for the same reason why the Seattle Seahawks got him. He's explosive, and, and he's, you know, he's that guy. Uh, but finally fell because, I mean, look at the rest of the draft. Quarterbacks didn't go where we thought they would go. Um, there were more receivers taken in the first two rounds than we've ever seen. There was more, um, you know, defense or not defense linemen, but um, uh, linebackers, you know, cornerbacks. Cornerbacks went crazy. And so when you think about, you know, some of the things that happened, there's guys that normally would be in earlier rounds that weren't because everybody, and then it only takes one team to pass up somebody that everybody thought he would take. Um, you look at Josh Joe by Alabama, everybody's still wondering what happened. You know, uh, you look at the other linebacker from, uh, from, from Georgia, same thing. He dropped and he was a first Kobe round Dean, pick. Yeah. You know? yeah. And so it's just, it's one of those things where it's, it's like the lottery GMs really don't know. They watch film and then, I mean, I, I, I use a lot of the game day stuff from the NFL draft movie, uh, draft day, mm, with mm. Kevin Costner. We're like, going to do what's best for the team. It's that, but look at the, the draft day movie of what happened, and I'm talking about the intricacies of it. When they, when, that, when they dropped and skipped over that quarterback for the first pick in the movie, every GM is calling him, what's wrong? Why did you guys draft him? We thought you were taking him. What's wrong with him? And that's what happens. When guys are supposed to go somewhere – and all these draft experts are putting them on the board at this number and they're giving them a number. You should be the 58th player taken. You should be the 17th player taken. And when 17, 18, 19, 20, yep. 21 pass over. This is what this is the over. exact conversation we were having about yeah. Jane Johnson on Thursday night, by the way, exactly. Ron. Like, so when you Ken and I were chatting. And then you take a guy yep. in their position. Yep. Yep. 
then they then you really get questioned. And so I think that's what happened with Falele. People just were wondering, like, well, why are these other offensive linemen coming off the board and this guy is physically more gifted than them? Um, Ron, we, you and I had a conversation about Rashad Bateman a year ago. I know how high you are on him, and, and you know I'm very high on Rashad Bateman. I think pure talent-wise, he's the best wide receiver the Ravens have had since Anquan Bolden um, from, pure, from a pure talent standpoint, what he's capable of doing. But they're going to need a lot from him. He's the only kind of qualified NFL wide receiver that's left on the roster at this point. Ken and I were just talking a minute ago about – like, he has to be not only as good as we think he is, maybe he has to be better than that because they don't have anything else right now at the wide receiver position. I know you feel strongly about him. Do you believe he's ready to step up and be a number one caliber wide receiver in the NFL here in 2022 after not even getting the full season in his rookie year? I think so. If he stays healthy, he is definitely, you know, he'll be a Pro Bowl receiver. Um, the one thing, though, he's always, when he was really good, he always had help. You know, he had Tyler Johnson. Um, he had Chris Altman Bell. So I think what the Ravens are going to have to do is whether it's in free agency, whether it's, you know, some guys. Because as guys get cut, there's still going to be some top wide receivers hitting the market uh, when all of a sudden they get into camp and there's a guy that's younger, cheaper, and you're going to get similar production. You're going to see some guys late, you know, in camp or even before camp get released because they're like, look, we can let go of this contract and you know the salary and, and get a, a younger guy that's going to give the same production and so I think Bateman's going to need a little help but yeah he's definitely a number one um I, I I think the biggest issue is going to be what does that offense truly look like because Hollywood Brown left for a reason um when you change your offense for one guy which is the quarterback you sacrifice other things and I think that's what what Hollywood Brown is pissed off about is the offense changed for Lamar and it's a more of a running style offense. And he, you know, he came from an Oklahoma air raid type of an attack and they're not getting that there. You know, he wants to go with uh, the Cardinals because we know what Kingsbury is trying right, to do right, with right. their offense. He saw what Christian Kirk did there. And so that's, I think that's, that's the biggest issue for him is when you see, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, all these guys run out to Arizona and they're all still getting the ball. He's like, why can't we find a way to throw the ball more? Well, Lamar's strength is running the ball. Like you, he can throw the ball, but why would you waste his legs when he can give you, you know, and drain the clock out and not have a bunch of, you know, short three, three and outs because he's going to get you a first down with his legs. And, you know, Hollywood Brown said he told Lamar Jackson year one, year two, year three, this ain't for me. So I hope Rashad, I hope they, you know, learn from their mistakes and find a way to get him the ball. But I, I don't know if that's even in the cars because that's not Lamar's game. Uh, Ron, before I let you go, speaking of Lamar, when, when you're a guy who played in this league, and, and this is a genuine conversation I'm interested in, by the way, and I just don't know what it sounds like within the union. Everything we're to understand about Lamar Jackson is that he would have the option of getting a boatload of money from the Baltimore Ravens right now. He just doesn't want to. He just wants to wait. I, I, I just wonder if there are other players who say, hey, bro, respect, you do you, but we're all trying to get money. And what you do impacts the rest of us. And does it leave you scratching your head at all, the idea of a player that has a chance to get a boatload of money who's just simply saying, no, nah, I'm not going to worry about that right now. I'll worry about that some other time. Um, I don't know, to be honest. I don't, think, I don't think him holding out and waiting actually impacts other players the way people are trying to make it sound. Uh, I think the only thing he impacts is the average salary for quarterbacks. And I don't think he's even up there in the top five. So he doesn't really impact anybody besides, hey, this is what he's worth. I honestly feel like he's maybe he's betting on himself. And they're like, this is what we're offering you now. 
And then he's like, well, look, if I go out here and kill it and do even more, you're going to have to pay me more. Or does he feel like, you know what, there's maybe a better team out there for me. There's a better situation. I don't think it is. Um, every receiver I think is going to learn this year. Like some guys are going to thrive, but some are going to suffer for leaving their teams that they were doing well in just to go get more money. Um, because it doesn't really, always work. You the way can't. You, think you can't work. believe that Devontae Adams was better off with Aaron Rodgers than he is with Derek Carr, though. You couldn't. No, no. That's that's insane. <laughs> I mean, me personally, I I wouldn't walk away from Aaron Rodgers. I, uh, I, I but know. but also Aaron Rodgers, though. He, I think Devontae Adams knew. Like the, right. the, the the Packers probably were saying, "Hey, look, we can't pay you X, Y, and Z because of Aaron course, wants X, Y, and Z." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you know, he could say it was because he wanted to get closer to home. He could say it was because he wanted to play with his college teammate. Um, but it was money. There was no way they could right. pay him 150 million when Rodgers was going to want 150 million, and that and that's what we're about to run into. You know, the LeBron James, you know, trifecta type of thing where that only works one or two years where you can pay three max players, and then you have to try to win, and then you got to blow it all up. And you know, maybe the Raiders will figure this out because I know they're going to try to load up. They've been trying to find a receiver. They had rugs, and that didn't work out for them. And you know, now they're going to try to you know help out Derek Carr and see if they can win. Uh, they were in the playoffs, could work, but yeah, a lot of these receivers, man, they're gonna they're gonna regret forcing their way out of their team, getting to a team where all of a sudden, like the Eagles, you know, I'm not saying Tannehill is better than Hurts. I just think the Tennessee Titans offense was a little bit more efficient than the Eagles, and you know, can can one guy go there and all of a sudden make the Eagles better? Maybe Terrell Owens did it, but I don't know if AJ Brown is a Terrell Owens, and that's going to be the problem. At 3Ron Johnson is how you follow him on Twitter. Ron Johnson, former Ravens wide receiver, media mogul out in Minnesota. Greatly appreciate taking a couple of minutes for us here on the Draft Recap Show, my man. Let's talk again real soon, all right? It's no, yeah, definitely. And make sure people check out the Locked On Sports podcast, the Ron Johnson Show. Um, so we'll cover maybe, you know, mainly NFL stuff, NBA stuff. So it's more of everything. I'm covering cool. everything now, five days a week. Very cool, man. Excellent. I love that. All right, brother. Appreciate you. No, thank you. Ron Johnson checking in with us here on the Project Game Day NFL Draft Recap Show. Ken, I'm going to give you the same question I gave him. If the Ravens do find themselves in a Ronnie Stanley-related bind, and I'll expand it, not just can Daniel Fa'alele help in week one, or is that too much to ask? I think it's a little too much to ask. Okay. I, 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 I think right tackle, he could go in right away. And, and do it. But then somebody's got to play left tackle. Okay. Well, I mean, well who's it? But who is that? I don't know if it's Makari. Uh, I mean, he's your swing guy. And, and, and but but the point, like, I, and I, I only bring I, that up to say you already had that scenario. I, I, I understand that. Right. I, I, I again, you know, the elephant in the room. We started the whole draft thing this way. I spent a little time with it's, Ronnie Stanley last night. He looks he looks great. I, I I'm sure I he could, looks great. I couldn't I'm, tell you if he's I, you know couldn't tell you. Right. I, I just you know I I'm taking. Everything with a grain of salt as far as the news on Ronnie Stanley and whether he is or he isn't because of last year. Because we were, we were told last year everything's fine, and they had, they ignored it last year in the draft. And I don't want to say that they ignored it this year because they they did grab a, a, a center that you are expecting to be your your you know starting center from day one, and, and that allows you not to create two holes if if Macari has to go outside um, and he's your starting center and, and things like that um, if they hadn't taken Linderbaum is what I was saying because mm-hmm. Macari was supposed to be the center. Right, Macari would have been would the have center. Would have been the center, there, yes. and then if Stanley had to go, he gets 
Yeah. Um, but but it, it, you don't have a a natural guy. Now he, now the one thing that that Ron Johnson said that I totally agree. You know he has some traits you can't teach. He has he has excellent feet. I don't think you will find anybody that says for a man his size that he does not have excellent feet. He's very athletic. He did uh, almost a 30-inch at 6'8". At wow. 380-pound, almost did a 30-inch vertical leap. This is a really good athlete. Obviously, he's really big, so to run around him, he just has to touch you a little bit. And with Lamar To at least slow there, you down or at least so, put you so, in a different so lane. So when I say I don't think so, I, I say that in a pinch, maybe I'm talking myself into it because of his size, but he's got a large learning curve. You're saying it there. would be a problem it if you had to do it for four games, if yes, you had to do it for yes, a prolonged yeah. period of time. Yeah, it yeah would. I think so. Now, I don't know. I, I really haven't looked at Moses and how when's the last time he played left tackle and things like that, whether he whether he's ever done because he played a lot of guard when he was with uh, with Washington, and then he went to the Jets to be uh, a right tackle. So I, I don't know the last time he was on the left side. But I, I think, you know, when you, you start at this show and say there are still some holes, left tackle could still be that hole. Um, it's still they – didn't, they didn't address it with a guy that is a natural – he can do this right away. Like – there was a we, we talked about a guy Zach Tom out of Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. He's played left tackle and he can play all five positions because he's done that. But if you had asked me the same question, you know, if tomorrow could could Zach Tom, who went I think one pick before one of their picks in in the in the fourth round this uh, uh, today, um, play left tackle right away, I would have said yeah because he's used to doing it. Now is he the athlete or the physical specimen that you know? Say it for me. Fa-a-lele. Yes, fa-a-lele. Fa-a-lele. Four syllables. Fa-a-lele. No, he's not. But 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 he he this year played left tackle at Wake Forest. So it's a difference. You know, there's going to be a learning curve in a pinch for a game, too. Yeah. Do I want to see him there the entire season? Probably not. No. I mean, I, I ideally no. There's, there's no. I mean, no, ideally no. Right, I mean, uh, right. but this is when you talk about the draft and, and there's some obvious holes. I mean, this is, it's not a. It is what it is. I mean, coming in, that's the big thing. What, what are they going to do if, if Ronnie Stanley and and we talked about this even at 14. You know, if and my guy was Trevor Penning it there because I thought he was going to be the tackle. And it's like if you're passing on Trevor Penning there with what some people believe are some serious flaws, you must really be confident in in that Stanley's going to be healthy. And you better be right. Not, I hear you. You better I hear be you. Right. right. This can't – you cannot – have a repeat of last year. That would be disastrous. There's no question about that. All right, a couple things quickly um, that, that that have come in during the show that I want to uh, just respond to. Uh, Paul, do you think the Ravens are trying to work on a trade of Hollywood already when they released Boykin? Um, if so, that's even more damning for what they thought of Boykin, it would seem. Uh, based on the timeline that we have, I think the answer is yes. I mean, this was done a week ago I, and, I, and in motion. I mean, but I, I think we knew. They... They just made a decision about Boykin. Yeah. They just made a decision. that had nothing to do with anything else going on. They just decided it wasn't happening. And by the way, for everybody that, oh, Boykin's going to go to Pittsburgh, they took two wide receivers in the draft. Uh, by the I way, mean, I mean, let's just it, – if you think that Boykin, that Pittsburgh is like, oh, you know, we really got a steal from the Ravens and we're going to – no, no. They're, they're hoping he's something, 
But no, I, the the only thing I've ever been willing to give anybody is like the fear that some the Darren Waller fear sure. that some other team figures out that he's a tight end well, and they make it work with him at tight end and he's a helpful piece. And, that, and that's a fair because right. it's something we talked about a in lot. Baltimore a lot. Why don't you just put him in there? Because most of the routes he ran when it, when he got open were from the slide and, and things like that. Yes, that is the fear. But, you know, I, I, I just – it's not happening, Pittsburgh. I mean, I mean, Friar Muth is their tight end. I mean, I, I just – I just look, I mean, they took Pickens, they took Austin in this year's draft uh, for the wide receiver. They have a big wide receiver room. I don't know that Boykin even makes their opening day roster. So let's not get right. all hung oh, up no, on I'm... that uh, uh, thing. It's... I, I think they're two separate things. I think they were done. They didn't think that Boykin could be a wide receiver in their system that catches passes. With, with the irony being that what you're talking about of this what we and I'll get to this cuz John said the Ravens love them some tight ends like the Steelers love receivers. It's obvious what they're doing. This is Roman in the offensive mantra. The irony of all that being right why that, could, why that the wide receiver that fits this right, is yeah. actually Boykin. Is. But and, this and, and 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 likely uh, Isaiah likely yes. the the tight end from Coastal Carolina it, it is Boykin-ish. Okay? I, I mean I I would be I would be really surprised if he's a he's an on the line wide receiver in this offense. I think he's more of a slot guy that they're gonna they're gonna move around a little bit. Um, I, I just I think that they that that's the way they look at at likely who's a who fits their system a little bit better, and you don't have to teach him how to be a tight end because that's where he lined up in his college career. Uh, by the way, I had somebody ask if he was related to former Terp Will Likely. I, I have n no knowledge of there being a relation between the two of them. No knowledge Sorry, whatsoever I, of that, right? I, 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 I couldn't tell you. Um, John followed up. We definitely won the fourth round, LOL. Th stop. I, I hope you're just joke. I hope you're making a joke. I, stop. They definitely had the most picks. There's no question about that. I'll, they certainly I'll tell had you one thing. I, I usually don't watch the third day like that. But it was like you had no it's choice. so many picks. Like you right? had no they choice. Just... They were always on the clock. Yeah. Or, or they were always five picks away from being on the clock. No it, doubt. Was just, it was just wild. Um, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take one more break. When we come back in, I'm going to share with you what it is that the Ravens said about Sam Cook during their final their draft recap, their draft recap press conference. I'll share what it is they passed along. And I get it. We're spending a lot of time on punter, but frankly, if I'm being honest, it's the most relevant thing that can happen on day three of a draft because they're declaring that they're going a different way from the longest tenured player in the organization. So we'll talk about that and what it is that they said about drafting Jordan Stout and what that means for Sam Cook. He is Ken Zalis. I'm Glenn Clark. We are winding down. We're not going to make it to six because i got to run out and call a lacrosse game. It's just the reality of it's the, the circumstances. We have lives, people. And, and Ken can't run the show by himself. I, and, and, not. and I'm being honest, there were no other producers available it, today. It's all good. So it's that's the good. reason why it's, it's going good. the way that it's, it's going. Hey, uh, Ken, is that print issue of Pressbox sitting over there somewhere? Um, Yeah. You want to hold that got, up for everybody got, to see it? It's got that catcher. What's his yeah, name? Yeah, I've heard of him. Adley Rutschman. Yeah, you, yeah. might, you might be familiar with his work. I, I am. Go get that right now. It's for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms. Any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. Or read it all. Pressboxonline.com. Really great cover story from Luke Jackson about... Adley Rutschman, where his passion for catching, his passion for baseball comes from, and why like he's expected to be a leader on kind of day one when he arrives in Baltimore. He is not expected to be your typical rookie. Like He's expected to step in and not just be the face of this rebuild, but be 
the leader of this rebuild. And it's a great story all about um, that and where that leadership comes from, from Luke Jackson. We'll come back in and wrap it up. It's the Project Game Day NFL Draft Recap Show. Hmm? Oh, I swear I hit the button. This is, you know what? You see, this is why Paul Valley feels good. I make mistakes too sometimes. Sometimes, even the great ones (laughs) make mistakes. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Baseball is back, and so is the spring seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash-fried pork belly with our popular Korean number 2 sauce, and take a bite out of the Crunch Burger topped with home-run sauce, white American cheese, and house-made chips. It also features irresistible options like a baseball-cut sirloin with blue cheese, grilled shrimp with garlic butter, and a strawberry salmon salad. And then there's the closer, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jack. This menu will be going, going, gone at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. GloryDaysGrill.com to find out more. Great food, good sports. Baseball is back. I'm Paul Valley, And I'm Zach Goodman. You can find us live every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon talking all things Orioles and Major League Baseball. Like the debuts of Adley Rutschman and Grayson Rodriguez. And how the rotation and bullpen are rounding into form. Watch us live at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline and Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Or you can listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. That's the bat around live with the latest in baseball coverage every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcasts. It's Glenn Clark Radio. All right. It's actually the Project Game Day NFL Draft Recap Show as we wind down on this Sunday. The Ravens have made all of their picks for the day, the last one being a really neat one, Tyler Beatty, who uh, is the only the second ever. By the way, thanks for lying to me about that once upon a time. Felt really good when I trusted the guy whose job it is to know these things, and I said he was going to be the first ever player to have played at Friends to be selected in an NFL draft. So... So, th- th- to be fair, the other guy was like a really long time ago. And he was like a 13th round pick or something back when they, back when they mean, had I really mean, long yeah. drafts. By the way, guess what I just did? What'd you just do? I just did a 2023 mock draft simulator. <laughs> <laughs> you need help, bro. You need help, man. You need help, my dude. Jordan Addison, the wide oh. receiver from Pittsburgh, was, yeah? the, was the Ravens 
first round pick. With what? Now where did twenty one? How did that get established? Well, P PFN decided that. Okay, all right. That's the part that I'm interested yeah, in. Is how they, just choose, how they choose what the draft right. order is. Uh, all right, we're not going to talk about no, Jordan Addison. We're, we're, we're not going to have that conversation. Um, so the Ravens, of course, had a draft recap press conference with um, their major players. And they, of course, had to address the punter situation. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you – these are just the two tweets that I saw from Jeff Zrebeck, who covers the Ravens for The Athletic, and I'll read them both to you. The first, DaCosta on Sam Cook. quote, he's part of the fabric of our team, unquote. He said the team has spoken to Cook multiple times, including earlier today before the draft. He says he's not sure about Cook's status, but today is about celebrating Jordan Stout, the guy they drafted. Follow-up tweet, John Harbaugh on Cook. Quote, I've never been around a better pro than Sam. Sam is just one of the all-time greats. We'll just see where it goes. Unquote. Now. Now. We're going to do the bit, what they said and what they meant. I, I, I want to be careful about what I say here because I'm going to, this is the way that I feel. And, okay. and I, I do have to admit an affinity that I perso- personally have always had for Sam Cook, mm-hmm. not because we're, f- if, if anybody knows anything about Sam, Sam's not going to be your friend. Mm-hmm. Like he has zero interest in, right. in friendship. But Sam has always made time for me over the years. He's always been a pleasant person to run into in the building. Um, we've had good conversations. Sam is not a friend. He's got a lot going. He's got a big family. He's got what he does, and that's what he does. He's not never. He's never been the type that's been interested in doing a lot of appearances. He is definitely not Justin Tucker in any way. He's a different guy. But I like Sam in part because he's been an unbelievably good punter, but also because he's been a right guy who's been willing to have conversations over the years. So I can't pretend like I don't have an amount of personal affinity for Sam Cook because of it. If the Baltimore Ravens know that Sam is planning on retiring and just hasn't told anyone yet, I'm completely fine with what they've said. If that's not the case, this is a cop-out to me. You have an obligation to explain why it is that you feel like there is a better option than Sam Cook. Not because I think you're wrong, but because I'm not the Baltimore Ravens. It's not my job to explain that. This is a well-tenured, well-respected, well-liked player. If you're simply moving on from him, and it's not his choice, then you need to say, you need to sort of have the nads to say, guys, we like Sam. We think Sam's been a hell of a player for us. But we think at this point in his career, we think there's somebody else who can step in and do the job at an even higher level. Put it on the table. Say, you just used a fourth-round pick on a guy, on a punter. Ken says if you do that, it's the worst Ken draft F. in the history of ever. F. In the pages of you do that. tomorrow. Yeah, right? You do that. You And, again, if it is that you're just moving on from the guy, you need to put it out there and say, we think we've made the right call here. Now, 
I don't know, because it might very well be that sometime this week, Sam Cooke announces that he's retiring from the NFL, and that's not what happened here. And if that's the case, then I have no problem with what they've said. Hey, we're not, we don't really want to say anything. We don't really want to talk about Sam right now. We love Sam. Sam's great. But that's his place to step in and announce that he's retiring. But if that's not what's happening, if you really are firing a guy, and let's be straight about that, that's what you're doing. You're firing someone. Then I think you need to be willing to stand in the line of fire and take a little bit of the heat and say, look, we're just calling it like it is. We love Sam, but we think it's time to move on. We think this person can do the job better. And I understand that it's not the same as if you're making a quarterback change because we're talking right, about a punter. About him, but but in, in Baltimore, it's different. Yep. Um, I'm not quite there with you, uh, but I'm in between. So when I first heard it, I kind of felt like the the Costas comment was we're we're not going to announce for Sam. We're going to mm-hmm. make Sam do it when Sam's ready to do it. Um, and if that's the and, case, and, and I'm, that's the case, I'm good fine. with it. Right. Um, Harbs has a tend to say things like in a way that it's too cryptic. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It, 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 not a. It just is what it is. He doesn't like like he doesn't want to say anything, but but he says too much anyway in some of his quotes. Sometimes, sometimes, sure. sometimes. Uh, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, I, I I think if the Ravens and and I will I, I always take them at their word until they lie t- until I know they lie to me. Right. Um, I will take them at their word that they had had previous conversations with Sam. And at thirty nine, I think it's totally reasonable for him to say to them. You know what? I I. I wish I could give you an answer, but but I really can't right now because I got to see how my body returns. I mean, say what you want; it's only a punter. But they, oh, they, if if you're saying that they, you think they don't know if he's well, definitely well, going to play, no, but 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 there is the possibility that he said, "I just can't commit," and and the Ravens said to them, said to him, "That's fine." Okay, that's I I think that's a fine. Th- if you're saying there's a third option There's here, a third option. That's right? what I'm saying. I'm not going to disagree with There's I, a third scenario. That, that That's all and, I'm saying. And my, my comment still stands for the one of the three. I agree. Right? And, and, if, and, and in that case, 1,000% agree right. with you. If you are firing Sam Cook, Yes, you need to say it. You need to step up and say, 1,000%. We had to fire Sam Cook. But we, if Sam, we, had to, we had to move on and just say, look, we're rolling the dice. We believe we've done the right thing. I think there'd be a lot of people in town who would say, "Yeah, we think you might have too." Okay. And if Sam said to them, "You know, uh, you know, I'm probably going to retire, but I don't want to take away knowing Sam. Right. I don't want to take away from your thunder of the draft. I don't. Well, I want to help you out, guys. 100. And I'll announce it after the draft, after you have these press conferences with all these guys yep. and everything. And and they come out with that comment. That's fine. And it's also that those comments are fine if in your third scenario, in my third yep. scenario, that they went to Sam and, and said, you know. The draft's coming up. We know where you are, how you're feeling about next year. And Sam's like, you know what? I really don't know right now. I I, I need some more time. I need to see how my body feels. I, I need to, you know, get my mind around it. Um, you do what you got to do, you know, for your football team. And, and and I think that's a plausible thing because not, you know, just because the Ravens want an answer today doesn't mean that Sam's ready to give an answer sure, today. of course. So I, I, I think there are three scenarios, and I think I agree wholeheartedly with your one and your one sen- scenario that, you know, it is a cop-out if they already know. Right. If they already know. If you know he wants to keep playing and you're just choosing. But as a private person or right. if he doesn't know, I think it, what their comments are were perfectly okay. I, I, I will, I will, I, we will say, I agree with you. 
I agree with you. In these other two scenarios, so, completely this is, fine. This is being recorded. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for us because i got to get out and call this lacrosse game. Uh, of course, Glenn Clark Radio on Monday. Simply the Bets every Tuesday brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, 1140 this Tuesday morning. Hope that you will join us for that. And Ken... Uh, Rita and I are on the radio tomorrow from hit, one I, to four. You want to come? Uh, you want to come make a, a cameo appearance on the radio tomorrow? I would love to. You want to do that? Yeah. Why don't we talk a little draft? Talk yeah. a little draft yeah. tomorrow. Rita and I are one to four. Um, she's already booked. Rita's a guest booker, man. She like, is. She really. She, is. she gets after Trust it. Trust me, I know. She gets after it, and I appreciate that. And frankly, I've struggled this week. Some stuff that I thought was lined up for this week fell apart. So um, I'm taking credit for Ken. <laughs> That's yeah, what there you go. I had a good week last week. I had a, a couple things. This week I am struggling on the uh, the radio show. But that's tomorrow, 1 to 4 on 105.7 The Fan. Rita and Glenn and uh, KZ will be a part of that. At Fans Fantasy on Twitter. At Glenn Clark Radio is how you follow me on Twitter. Thanks to you guys for joining us for the draft recap. See us tomorrow on the radio and back Monday morning at 10 a.m. for GCR. Anything else you need to say? Good night. Spend the Project Game Day. <laughs> NFL Draft Recap Show.